Hello there! It's hard to believe it's been 10 episodes of Pixel Heart Duo. I got the episode number right. I got it wrong last week, and I had to go back and correct it in post-production. But uh, we've been kind of on a survival games kick recently, I, I would say. Yeah. Our decasode. Decasode. Decasode, yes, yes. It's a word now. Decasode. Decasode. That's what we are. Uh, we are on Decasode episode ten. As always, I am Frick. And I am Fox. She's getting faster. You guys will have to bear with me. I'm I'm getting over a little bit of a sickness, so you get to deal with my sultry sickness voice tonight. But uh, yeah, so I mean, <clears throat> Power World kind of it kind of dug up some some long dormant interest for me at least in survival games. Um, so this week, we're going to be diving into five survival titles that uh, you're going to want to check out, and we'll have some honorable mentions, and then we'll talk about our topic for the night, which is survival game themed. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of... Punching trees and dinosaurs. Do, 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 do. With the, with the pixel fists. No, we will not be, we will not be talking about that game tonight but it may be an honorable mention. Um, we didn't want to go for the super low-hanging fruit, but anyways, like I said, tonight we're going to be talking about five survival titles, one of which is going to have a sequel very soon. Um, they're kind of all over the board, run the gamut of survival games. you got the cutesy survival games, you have the survival survival games, and then you have the survival games that are more like RTSs, like Command & Conquer, StarCraft, that type of thing. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna cover everything. So if you like survival games, chances are we got one covered for you. So I don't know any words before we jump into this. Anything that you you were excited about? I know we we played like thirty some odd hours of Power World just on the Steam version. Um, yeah, yeah. No, survival games. I they've always had a soft spot for me because I am. Uh, a resource hoarder in pretty much every game I play um, and so to have an entire game that is based around resource hoarding that's that's just like mm, chef's kiss to me yeah I always I, I seem to get a little tired of survival games after a while just because it's like it, there's too much to manage like I don't mind the resource. I don't mind like tech trees. I don't mind like working your way up. But when my stomach is always growling in game and I have to stop and I got to eat a chicken leg, but I don't have a campfire. So now I got to go find it. Like, it's like, oh my, can I just, can I just play the game? I don't, I don't want to play chicken leg simulator. Like I want to, I want to go out and like, <laughs> but some of these survival games are really good about that. Like Power World, if you're carrying, we're not going to talk about it very much tonight. So just don't worry. You guys can read a sigh of relief. We're not talking about Power World a lot, but games like that where you can actually adjust it to where, yeah, you get hungry and it'll knock you down to one health, but you won't actually die. Um, that's kind of nice. So, yeah. I think a couple of these have, you know, those adjustment settings as well yeah. in the game to kind of make it a little more tolerable or a little more challenging, however way you want to play. Yeah. Yeah. So, without further ado... We will jump into these five titles, give our thoughts on them, go over our honorable mentions, one of which is a fairly new game, and I will kind of touch on it just briefly, 
and then we'll get to our topic. So our first game, similar because a lot of these titles are getting compared to Pal World. We'll just kind of cover them. So our first one we are going to be talking about is Ark. Ark, the newest, I guess, expansion is Survival Ascended. You can get it across pretty much all platforms. It is an older title released in 2015, uh, additional platform releases in 2017, 2019, and 2021 on the Google Stadia. Rest in peace. Players must survive being stranded on one of several maps filled with roaming dinosaurs, fictional fantasy monsters, and other prehistoric animals, natural hazards, and potentially hostile human players. The game is played from either a third-person or first-person perspective and is open-world that is navigated by foot or by riding a prehistoric animal. Players can use firearms and improvised weapons to defend against hostile humans and creatures with the ability to build bases as a defense on the ground and on some creatures. The game has both single-player and multiplayer options. Multiplayer allows the option to form tribes of players in a server. The max number of tribe mates varies from each server. In this mode, all tame dinosaurs and building structures are usually shared between the members. There is a PvE mode, Players versus Environment, where players cannot fight each other unless a specific war event agreed upon by both parties is triggered. Now, I have played arc i have not played it recently i will say that it looked pretty good and then it got really dated really fast the game is almost nine years old now i played it back in the day it was really janky it was a lot of fun but also there was a lot of griefers um there's nothing worse than building up this like badass base getting these dinosaurs and then an enemy tribe comes in when your entire tribe is logged off for the night and just wrecks everything. Um, I will say that Survival Ascended got migrated to um, Unreal Engine 5. It looks amazing. For those of you who watched the VOD, you just watched the little cinematic trailer. It looks much better compared to the original arc. Um, but it, it's a fun game. Um, it's even it's it's still fun now. Um, building is still kind of kind of janky, but um, you know, it, it's fun. It, it it it's the spirit of the survival game and dinosaurs. So, um, you know, I'll I'll kick it over to you. I've been talking a lot. Uh, kind of give your thoughts on Ark before we move on to the next title. But you know, this is kind of one of those one of those quasi like when you think survival games, you think Ark. Um, in addition to like Rust and a couple others, um, it's it's like your prototypical survival game that you you see on the market nowadays i okay i did play arc and um i was really excited about it because i am a huge huge fan of the jurassic world franchise um and i thought oh well this game just dumps me straight in the middle of jurassic park um minus the the old guy um you know i don't know and, and and the theme park stuff too, but um, I I it I did struggle to keep uh, you know my attention focused on the game after a time because it is pretty repetitive, um, and you know survival games in general are very grindy because that's just you know the like resource gathering is is not a lot of fun. 
to some people, but I already told you guys that that's my bread and butter. I love resource hoarding. So that part of it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, taming, taming, um, dinosaurs to ride and stuff like that. That's fun too. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it just didn't, over time didn't really hold my attention. Um, there wasn't as much variety in gameplay that I was hoping for. So, um, you know, if I were to put it on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd put it maybe about a 6.5, you know. Enjoyable, but not my fave. Okay, IGN, 6.5 out of 10. <laughs> Egan? Yeah. <laughs> No, and I mean it, it's it's fun for those who like that aspect of at a moment's notice things can happen. They do have server wipes, um, you know, every three to four months they do wipe the server. You start from scratch. They add new content. They remove content. They change things up. They make it interesting. But yeah, after about like the third or fourth server wipe, I'm just kind of like meh, and. You know, for those of you who like like the Lord's Mobile, you know, like the mobile games or the games where you have like a castle, you have like a base, you got to build up, and it can get wrecked at a moment's notice. For those of you who like that, you'll like this. Um, there was a game, a text-based browser game back in the day called Star Kingdoms. I used to play, and that was fun because you started with like uh, a certain like type of of main character or main kingdom. And then, like, it was it was seasons, and so you could, like, send people out to scout, and it was all text-based, it was all in real time. So that was kind of fun, because, there, you know, there's different seasons for that, and it's kind of like, if you take all of that, you smash it together, and you had dinosaurs. Um, you know, so if those of you who are into that kind of thing, you'd really enjoy ARK. It looks like they're going to be supporting it for a while longer. Like I said, it did originally come out in 2015. Um, it still has quite the player base, um, but... There are a lot of griefers out there. There's a lot of people that take it seriously. Um, you know, and there is that PvE mode where if war is not triggered by, you know, two or more tribes, you know, then there's no war. But that also kind of takes away one of the core gameplay components. Um, you know, it's just... I don't know. For those of you who like PvP and you like dinosaurs and you like building stuff, you know, it could be for you. I will say it does seem to be like a game that people love to complain about but still play. You know, I I just so it's like, well, if you know, it can't be that bad if you're still playing it. <laughs> so, um, so there's that too. <laughs> like, I I haven't met any. I really haven't met anybody that has been like, oh my gosh, you know, Ark. I I love Ark. You know, You're like, oh, how many hours have you played? Like, you know, like probably you know two three hundred hours in. <laughs> like oh, you can't you know hate it that much then can you <laughs> so um you know maybe it maybe it just brings out the the inner dissatisfied <laughs> person in everybody but um so i i'd give it another shot i do correct me if i'm wrong though i i think you do have to buy the new Ascended in order to... I mean, you can play Evolved 
um, but you're on the evolved, you know, platform and that kind of thing. In order to play, you know, the next iteration of it, you do have to buy um, Ascended. Yeah, and I mean, the biggest change between Evolved and Ascended is the Unreal Engine, the UE5. Um, they they ported over almost all the assets, but it is in essence a new game. Um, yeah. You know, so you you are correct about that. Well, the next game um, I actually am really excited about because it deals with another thing, one of my soft spots, Valheim. And we've already talked about in previous episodes how I love mythological type stuff. Valheim takes place in a world where the slain Vikings go to prove themselves fit for the halls of Valhalla. As one such player, the player as one such, the player begins with nothing and soon discovers that to reach the Norse afterlife, they must defeat the evils and stop Valheim. Led only by their instincts and occasional hints from a raven, the player must prepare to fight the sworn enemies of Odin himself. It is an open-world survival game played from a third-person perspective. As fallen Vikings, players must craft tools, build shelters, and fight enemies to survive. The game uses low-resolution, stylized 3D graphics with a combat system inspired by action games. Cooperative gameplay with up to 10 people and optional PvP gameplay is also supported. Um... The thing that, I mean, first of all, it's a beautiful game. It's really freaking pretty. And you know what? I'm a sucker for, for pretty. <laughs> Always. Um, the, a couple of things that really draws me to this game is because you're able to team up with, you know, a group of up to 10 people on your server, um, there's different aspects of the game. So everybody can play the aspect that they're most drawn to. So if you've got somebody like me that's a resource gatherer and, you know, slash crafter, um, you know, they can they can stick to that while somebody else in the party, you know, is the warrior that goes and slays the Ekthir and... Um, and all that fun stuff, you know. So, um, so that's the that, and then you know somebody else has a has a different role in the camp, you know. Um, so that I love that aspect of it, that you know, people with different interests can play the same game. You know, we've talked about this before. You know, maybe maybe your partner isn't someone who's a, a hack and slash person and doesn't want to do that part of the game, you know? They don't have to, because you can, if you want, you know, or vice versa. Um, so I will always get excited about titles that offer different experiences and allow people of different gameplay skill levels to play together and en and actually enjoy it together without one person going, you know, can they keep up, you know, and, you know, the person that's maybe newer to gaming or doesn't like gaming that much can still find things that they enjoy, um, and, you know, and bond together with. So that's my thoughts on it. 
Yeah, and I mean, I really like the art style. You know, mm -hmm. there's this... It's really pretty. Yeah, there's always been this push to, like, advance graphics, make things more lifelike, make things more real. And it's like, when I played it, when I tried it, and admittedly I haven't put a ton of hours into it, I need to play more, I just didn't have any, anybody to play with at the time. Um, the art style was very, like, dreary but bright. It, it's very much, it captures that, like, Norse Viking type of, you know, there is brightness, but there's also a lot of dreariness, you know, like, the orcs are very, like, Warhammer-esque, like, they're intimidating, but in, like, a cartoony way, and I like that, and I like the direction they took it in, um, Valheim is compared a lot to Power World, like, people are saying, you know, Power World is Valheim and Ark meets Pokemon, like, it, there's a reason, like, Valheim has a healthy player base, um, you know, and it's a newer game compared to some of the other ones that we're, we're addressing on our list, but, you know, it's, it's still a lot of fun. Now, a big reason why I didn't play it very much was because, as I've alluded to in multiple ish, uh, episodes, I have been a Sony fanboy. You can only play this on PC and Xbox, so, um, I go through these, these, like, rebel phases where it's like yeah i got a pc but i don't want to play games on it so it's like i always was trying to shoehorn myself in a, in a sony games and playstation games and valheim is on pc it's on xbox so um you know but for 20 dollars, it's a really good value it's one that if you like you like survival games you got a few buddies you want to play with and you all kind of fit those different roles those different niches um you know it's it's a lot of fun and it's it's one that that i can definitely recommend as well well, and you bring up, a, you also bring up another important point is that it is only twenty dollars on Steam, so that's that's awesome considering I think Arc is like sixty around that price point. Too much. Somewhere. Um. So it's you know Arc is a more expensive one, or you know Valheim is is really affordable for what it offers and i think they also had that setting where the ability to change the settings um so you can make the the hunger and the you know the the um environmental impacts more or less um tolerable or whatever so yeah to make it the game more challenging or less challenging more annoying or less annoying I don't know. Although I, you know, I, I have to kind of laugh at the the whole you know punching trees thing because like that's so common in um, survival games. Like I feel like they should probably start with like gathering. You gather wood. You gather stones because you're never gonna punch a stone and have like another stone come from it, right? Like I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> It's like, why are we punching trees? I don't know. It's it's my thing. <laughs> yeah, yes, they did it back in the day. I don't know. I don't know. But to circle it back, my knuckles. Yeah. About it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though they're pixels on a screen, it still it it instigates the uh, the pain receptors the, in my brain. The sympathy pain is real. But circling back on a, a point you made to talk about our next game on the list is uh valuable 
you know, being a valuable game, a good a good price, being very affordable. The next game we're talking about is Subnautica. Subnautica, if you have a platform you're playing a game on, chances are Subnautica's on it. Um, it is another older title. Uh, it was originally released in 2014 in Early Access. Uh, the expansion Below Zero was released in 2021. It is a survival action-adventure game set in an open-world environment and played from a first-person perspective. The player controls the lone survivor of the crashed spacecraft known as Aurora, Riley Robinson, as he is stranded on a remote ocean planet known as 4546B in the galaxy of Andromeda. The main objective is to explore the ocean and survive its dangers while completing tasks to advance the plot. Players can collect resources and blueprints, construct tools, build bases and submersibles, and interact with the plant's wildlife. Now, this game goes on sale about as often as you wake up in the morning. Um, I don't think I've ever seen it full price for very long. It's currently on sale for $9.98. Oftentimes it will go on sale at the same exact time as the Below Zero expansion. I was able to get both on the Switch for $9.98 each, so I got both games for less than $20. It scares the absolute crap out of me because you're underwater the entire time. There is a day-night cycle. There are things called Leviathans. There are, I think, at least six different Leviathan types. Like, for those of you who are terrified of the deep ocean, this game, some have said, is a horror game. And it's not because of, like, jump scares, and it's not because of, like, your typical... It's because it builds on that, like, prickly feeling you get in the back of your neck, where as you go deeper under the water and you can't see the bottom because you go off a cliff to go gather some resources, you're like... Uh, like it gives me that like heebie-jeebies like if my kids were here they would tell you like when they watch me play Subnautica there's a lot of times where I'm like I'm like playing through like slanted eyes because I just <laughs> I don't want to like I don't want to get jump scared by a leviathan or like something swimming past me and it, it's because it's deep water but this game is so beautiful um you know it's arguably one of the best survival games ever made because of its completeness because the fact that there is a story because you can't just like jump in and within 10 minutes you like have max stuff like you will drown you will die like if you don't upgrade your your air you can get stuck in crashes underneath the water like you know there's there's wreckages and stuff so you have to like go explore things you have to grab like technology points you have to grab blueprints to craft new stuff you can get stuck underneath that and you, if you don't know where the exit is like there was a time where i was trying to I was trying to gra uh, craft something, and I needed, like, one final piece of a blueprint in order to craft it, and I got stuck. Like, my oxygen, my O2 level was, like, dropping to the bottom, and I got stuck underneath, and I started to panic. Like, literally panic. Like, oh, sh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drown. And, like, it started to trigger that, like, prickly, like, panic on the back of my neck because it was, like, I got so immersed in it. So um, it, it's a really good game, just to put it mildly. Um, what do you think? I love the fact that they really spent a lot of time developing a story. Um, a lot of times I find with survival games, they kind of just drop you in and like, okay, well, 
survive. You have, you've got no clothes. You've got no, you know, shelter. You got, there's your story. <laughs> Figure it out from here. Whereas Subnautica, they have the, the, the journal entries and stuff like that, but you can really get into the, that part of it. Um, I, I love, I actually got my scuba diving certification, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. And, um, and I love it. Uh, scuba diving that is. And I thought, oh, well, this will be fun. Um, it is not like scuba diving. <laughs> it, it is not, you know, like relaxingly watching the sea anemones sway in the water. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah, the, the horror aspect um, was actually something that I was not prepared for. Um, so, and, and I'm, I'm a big weenie with, with jump scares. So. <laughs> and I mean, and it's funny because it has this beautiful soundtrack, but the, the music changes depending on where you're at. So like the game starts and like, yes, there's a little cinematic and like you crash land, but then you come up out of an escape pod and there's nothing but water. And you're like, oh my God, like. There's nothing, nothing but water. There's no instructions. There's no real tutorial to start with. And you turn around and there's this like flaming ship behind you. And you're like, All right, well, this is where we, this is where we're at. And like, as you go down, like you're, you're swimming around, there's beautiful, beautiful music. And like you go swim, you can't start off swimming up to your ship because there's like radiation. You have to build a radiation suit. Otherwise you'll die from radiation. But like once you build the suit, then you're swimming up like around your ship and like music stops. All you hear is like the gurgling, the swooshing. You hear like wildlife in the background. Like there are a couple Leviathans that hang out on around certain areas of the ship wreckage. And so to be swimming, 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 and all of a sudden the music is just gone and you're like, Oh crap what's gonna happen now like it it truly plays to all of your senses and that's what makes it so horrifically awesome it's not the fa like i said it's not the fact that it's like a horror game or like it's a horror movie where you're gonna see blood and gore and like stuff's gonna be jump scaring you left and right no here comes you know the nun she's gonna chase like she's gonna pop out at a moment's notice this is one of those where it, like it builds the dread from the base of your spine up and it just gives you chills the more you play and like for those of you like me who are freaked out by the deep ocean, like it just it plays on that and it, it makes it so much better than it deserves to be. I think that's one you know, you can mock me all day long about my IGN to tendencies or whatever. This one I wanna say, I wanna put it at like eight point five. Like I I like it. Um number one. You're, there's no punching trees because you're underwater. You're not punching trees. Number two, it it introduces another aspect um, because you're not fighting the Leviathan. You know, <laughs> like they will murder you. Um, so it introduces the aspect of stealth of being able to get around things and not and actually avoid conflict as opposed to rushing in. And which is a skill in and of itself, because I am one of the person people that say, "Oh, that's a level you know that monster is like 
30 levels higher than me. What happens if I shoot it with an arrow? Um, yeah, it doesn't really go so well. <laughs> um, so this one has taught me a different skill set, and that is actually the avoidance of fighting. Um, so I like those. Those are those are two of my my big points. No punching trees. Very nice, very nice. Well, our next game that you're going to cover takes us from the sea to the spaces. Go ahead. We're we're covering all atmospheres here. So our next title is No Man's Sky, available on all platforms, including VR. No Man's Sky is an action-adventure survival game played from a first-person or third-person perspective that allows play players to engage in five principal activities, exploration, survival, combat, trading, and base building. The player takes the role of a specimen of alien humanoid planetary explorer known as the Traveler in an uncharted universe. They start on a randomized planet near a crashed spacecraft toward the edge of the galaxy and are equipped with survival exosuit with a jetpack and a multi-tool that can use, be used to scan, mine, and collect resources as well as to attack or defend oneself from creatures and hostile forces. The player can collect, repair, and refuel the craft, allowing them to travel about the planet between other planets and space stations in the local planetary system. Engage in the space combat with alien factions or make hyperspace jumpsuits to other star systems. While the game is open-ended, the player may follow the guidance of an entity known as the Atlas to head toward the center of the galaxy. Uh, side note, the original launch of the game was mired in controversy and half-filled with promises, um, but developer Hello Games has supported and improved the game since the initial release and has turned it into what is being cited as one of the greatest redemption stories in the gaming industry. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to falsify my, um, game playing. I actually did not play No Man's Sky because of all the horrendous reviews I was get I was hearing and reading. Um but this makes me want to try it out possibly. Uh some of the things that the that were people were pretty critical about is that it's hard to call it a survival game when resources were so very plentiful like there was no danger in like you're not going to die of starvation because there's food everywhere and there you're not going to run out of this or run out of that you know um, because it's just it's just always there and you know with a lot of survival games one of the things is what happens to you when you do die do you lose your equipment do you keep your equipment? Where do you spawn? Um, and that kind of thing. From what it, from the critiques that I was hearing, um, there wasn't much like penalty. So you could just die and spawn and you were fine. Um, however, it does sound like they fixed a lot of these things that people were very, so very critical about. Um, and so... 
I, I'd be willing to give it a try. You know, it's outer space and it's fun and it's, you know, I mean, that's cool. Like you get, you get to be your own, like, Star Trek dude. Like, what's not fun about that? Yeah, and I, I will admit I probably played 80 or 90 hours when the game first came out. Um, and day one, like, there were so many, like, these grandiose plans and, like, oh, you can do this and you can do that and you can do this and, like, it's going to take you months to find the center of the galaxy. And I think someone did it inside of a week. And they're like, what the heck? Like, what? Now, they, they had to, like, seek out the center of the galaxy. But, like, then they were talking about, like, you could have upwards of 14 trillion procedurally generated, um, you know, planets. So, like, you and your friends could play together. Well, when the game first launched, you couldn't play together. And then it was like, okay, now we can play together, but we're never going to find each other because... Yeah, there were quite a few planets. There were a lot of them, but a lot of planets were just like carbon copies of each other with almost no no um, wildlife, almost no color. I still remember the number of planets I landed on that were gray. They were just like space rocks. And you're like, okay, are you just making these planets? Are you just pers- like designing these planets so that you can be like, yeah, we have, you know, 119 bajillion planets. And it's like, okay, but, you know... 117 of them are all the same gray rock and so you know all of these promises were just half fulfilled and like we're gonna have this capability that never came to be we're gonna have this capability that never came to be and to hello games credit they buckled down and they fixed and delivered on pretty much every promise they said they were going to do it it did take them some time they took it on the chin over and over and over again for like six months but they were able to revive the player base, uh, you know, and like, <clears throat> like my co-host said, there's there's VR. Like I played it on PSVR a couple of years ago, and it's a different monster altogether now. To just like land on, like spawn onto your your ship, land on a ship, get out, and be able to look all around you in VR. Like they have created this game and they are still supporting it. They are still putting out updates. They are still putting out patches, um, continuing to better the gameplay and the user experience for their their player base. And I really got to give them kudos. Um, I haven't played it, like I said, the last time I played it was on PSVR and this was probably back in like 2020, 2021. Um, when it first launched and it I mean it was a completely different game from the one that I played when it came out you know all the way back in 2016 2015 2016 when it first launched Um, it's it's a lot of fun for those of you who like space who like that uh, you know that potential of having this grandiose scale thing if you so choose to play and not speed run to the center of the galaxy it is a really good really beautiful game So, yeah. Um, Last game. We are going from the stars down to our very own Earth. Now, this takes place, this game takes place. um, It is an alternate universe. Takes place in the, the late 19th century. This is a different type of survival game for those of you who like more of like the tactical RTS style, like Civilization um command and conquer type game i am talking about frostpunk frostpunk is released on mac and pc you can play it on ps4 and ps5 and xbox one 
The game is a city-building survival game developed and published by 11-Bit Studios. Players take on the role of a leader, dubbed the Captain, in an alternate history late 19th century in which they must build and maintain a city during a worldwide volcanic winter. Managing resources, making choices on how to survive, and exploring the area outside of their city for survivors, resources, or other useful items. The game features several scenarios to undertake, each with their own stories and different challenges. Like I said, the game is set in an alternate 1886-1887, where the eruptions of Krakatoa and Mount Tambora, the dimming of the sun, and other unknown factors caused a worldwide volcanic winter. This in turn led to widespread crop failure and the death of millions, and the event roughly lines up with the historical 1883 eruption of Krakatoa, which is kind of a cool little like accent to the game, makes it a little bit more believable, um, and it is a real volcanic event that led to global cooling. I will also note Frostpunk 2 is slated to release the first half of 2024, and that sequel will take place 30 years after the events of the first Frostpunk. Now, this game, I'm holding off on getting too into it because, you know, like those of us who have massive Steam libraries, massive console libraries i still have a couple games here that i need to play um i need to play super mario wonder like it happens to all of the gamers like it's almost like your eyes are bigger than your stomach like my steam my wish list is better bigger than my wallet so frostpunk is one of those where i've had it on wish lists i have not played it as much as i wanted to just because it's like i can play this game or i can play ghost of tsushima like i can play this game or I can renew my WoW subscription. Like, um, what interests me the most about this is the fact that, as you could have seen in that trailer that I just showed, it's very small scale, but not really. Like, it's it's this like small survival space in a volcanic winter, where you don't know if you're the only survivors, and you have to like reestablish political parties. So like, you're voting on laws. You have to like sway people to be like this is good for us you want to vote yes on this and if it gets voted down womp womp like it's there's like cause and effect there's consequences for choices good or bad like it even delves into like child labor like because the workforce is so small in order to grow do you send your children to school do you send certain groups uh um age groups to the workforce and have them work you know and exploit your child labor which then comes with unintended consequences like this game is deep and it's it's one of those where you're like i didn't expect it to be this deep and you know like i said people who like that like top down bird's eye like command and conquer uh civilization that type of game this really scratches that itch and it adds that additional survival aspect because food and natural resources are at a premium because, you know, like I said, it happens after a volcanic eruption, which essentially just wipes everything out, and you have to start from scratch. So it's a really cool concept, and I'm excited for Frostpunk 2 to come out in the next couple of months as well. Yeah, the, the introduction of the political arena in this game um, is very, very appealing to me. Because, you know, it it's not just, you know, you vote and 
<clears throat> you sway people and this gets passed or that get pa gets passed and you don't hear about it again. No, like you you reap what you sow in this game. It will revisit you later. So good or bad. Um, so I found that that I found I find that aspect of it extremely appealing because you know I love to get on Twitter and read all the political posts and you know and you have spent more than more than a few hours listening to me like rant and rave about that so maybe maybe this game will be the the game to calm that a little bit and I can just dive into a, a fictional world and release all of that political angst there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's not necessarily the oldest game. It came out in 2018 with 2019, and they're already releasing a sequel, which is really cool. Um, honorable mentions tonight, like I said, I hinted to it at the beginning. Rust is one of those. If you you know you want to get back to like those OG survival game, you want to run with a no pants gang. Like you can go on YouTube and see a ton of videos of like all these rust griefers running around like with no bottomless with their dangles hanging out. Um, rust is a good one to check out. Daisy is another survival game, though I don't know how rich the player base is anymore because it is one of the older survival games. The ever mercurial Minecraft. You want to punch trees? There you go. You punch anything in Minecraft. It's got a survival mode. It's got a creative mode. I mean, the possibilities are endless on what you can do in it. Um, you know, Microsoft bought it, and you know, it, it, they were that interested in it. And finally, Sons of the Forest. For those of you who have ever played the Forest, Sons of the Forest is a horror, uh, nightmare horror-esque survival game. Uh, it's a sequel to The Forest. It came out last year in 2023. So it's a newer survival game. It's got that horror aspect, very like um, dark and dreary. Like if you like serious, you don't like whimsical, Sons of the Forest. It's definitely a survival game for you to check out. And then there's, of course, always the callback to another game that we've spoke about um, in a previous episode. Don't start together. It gives you that fun, like whimsical, Tim Burton style art um, to it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's really hard. And I die and turn pigs into were pigs. Well, and you can also play Power World. So, <laughs> topic idea for tonight. This is something you kind of. You kind of brought up, and I said, yeah, it'd be fun to talk about. What skills from survival games work in real life? And I'll let you take lead on this, because you actually shared a an article on, uh, you know, some some practical survival skills and how they worked in real life, and then I'll, I'll kind of weigh in, and we'll have a little bit of discussion on this. Yeah, so I remember reading way back in the day back in 2007 there was a boy i want to say he was uh oh yeah he was norwegian um a european boy that he survived a moose attack because he learned how to feign death from world of warcraft his hunter hit level 30 he learned how to feign death and there was a charging moose, and that's how he 
escaped with his life intact um, was by feigning death. And, you know, and I've joked about this before with my other gaming friends or whatever, like, you know, when we talk about, you know, apocalyptic events, um, we've talked about the zombie apocalypse and all that kind of stuff. And we always joke and we're like, let's go. This is what we've been training for. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to see your thoughts on, have we actually been training for some kind of post-apocalyptic world as we're working our way through these fantastic adventures and you know experiencing um what works in these worlds and absolutely experiencing uh multiple times what doesn't work what do you think uh what skills from survival games work in real life no it's video, <laughs> video games what and i say that because i'm incredibly i'm i'm a, i'm a cynic i'm skeptical those people who play survival games and see those skills, they're already going to be crafty. They're already going to be, like, savvy and have those street smarts, like the common sense. But I like that the article you posted, you know, you shared about the moose attack. There was also um, smaller scale, but there was a young boy who actually saved his sister from a dog mauling um, using similar survival skills, like... He, he got tore up, obviously, but he saved his sister. Like, this dog was going for his sister's throat, protected his sister, and he was able to use, like, okay, well, there are certain pain points on these animals in my games. So, like, he was able to, like, find pressure points on a dog. And this kid was, like, 9 or 10 years old, and his sister was, like, 6. So yeah. there there are, like, practical examples of okay i picked this up in a game or i saw this in a game or i picked up this skill but i mean generally speaking someone is not going to learn you know blade storm on their rogue and like well i know how to you know i know how to catch a bunch of fish because i fished a lot in world of warcraft or like i know how to do this because i punched 60 trees in minecraft like if you know how to survive you're gonna figure it out whether or not um you know, you play survival games. Now, some people might think outside the box. Some people might pick up some stuff and go, man, you know what? That game had a lot to it. I remember the progression. Like, I got to do this and that. And, and, like, they might apply it to, like, actual survival skills. But I still maintain that if, if, if you are as dumb as a rock before playing survival games, you're going to be as dumb as a rock when the zombie apocalypse comes. <laughs> like... That's just that's just how it is. Like when the purge comes, it was nice knowing you. You know, I do have a little bit of a different take on that. I'm gonna have to disagree because I know the value of resource hoarding. <laughs> I will okay. be the person out there collecting. Okay, so World of Warcraft. I never had enough backspace. Every single expansion, I'm I max out my backspace, right? And for whatever reason, it's never enough. Like I I I'm not kidding when I say I'm a resource hoarder. Um, 
And I think I think I would take that to into a post-apocalyptic situation. I would I would gather all of the sticks and rocks and and you know grass and I've been watching those videos on how to like do like thatched roofs and stuff like that, you know. And then I mean, Pal World we learned a. A stone structure is much stronger and less likely to burn to the ground than a wooden structure. I mean that—that's skills. That's skills. Yeah, gonna... but I also learned in Power World that if I plant a, a hanging trap behind a, a merchant, he'll hang upside down, and it gives me plenty of time to build a campfire underneath him and burn him to death, so I can take all of his loot. <laughs> I mean. Uh, how dystopian are we getting here? <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes okay. one life will find a way. <laughs> that is true. I do remember as a as a young as a young boy growing up on the East Coast, one of my many stops. I used to go out with my friends, and we would grab clear trash bags and we would gather all the acorns we could and then stick them on top of somebody's ac unit outside their house to drive them off should our neighborhood ever get wiped out in a hurricane this was virginia you hardly ever got hit by hurricanes but heaven forbid like i probably would not have thought about that had i not been a gamer from the age of like three so yeah i'll give you that <laughs> i i put my i put my money on the gamers Maybe not the sweaty basement dwellers, but I put my money on us. <laughs> not the not the World of Warcraft guy from South Park, but yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the you know maybe the the scos from Method, the Method Guild in World of Warcraft, or Pasha Biceps from Counter Strike, like those guys who are built for survival. Um, yeah. Yeah? yeah, we'll we'll find. We'll find them, and we'll hang out with them, and we'll we'll survive. I don't want to hang out with Sko. Just he's, he seems like a cool guy. Like I'd love to just make homemade mead with him, you know, in, in the zombie apocalypse or like nuclear winter, and just drink together and talk about World of Warcraft. Back in the back in my day, yeah. <laughs> well, for those of you who are watching on YouTube. Drop a comment. Tell us what you think. Any survival games you might have played that you know we may have missed that you really like that you can suggest. Um, that does it for episode ten of Pixel Heart Duo. You can catch us anywhere and everywhere. Audio formats are distributed: Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. We're on all of them. You can catch us on Twitch. Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time. You can catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Frickin' Fox, at Frickin' Fox. You can just type youtube.com slash at Frickin' Fox to get to our channel. See the VOD there. Listen to the podcast, same time, anywhere audio formats are distributed. But for now, we're signing off saying, until next week, game on.